Hello there. This is the Crunchy Christian Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I am a master herbalist, aromatherapist, author, speaker, blogger, and veteran homeschooling mama of four. You can learn more about how I can equip you to pursue God's best naturally at my website, julienaturally.com. And now, today's show. Hey everybody, it's Julie. I'm so glad you're here again today. We are going to have a great show today about indoor gardening. But first, I want to give out a special thanks to Julie Naturally, the sponsor of today's show. You can visit julienaturally.com and click on Holistic Health to get your free Healthy Habits Tracker. So let's talk about four ways to grow food indoors. So I know some of you may not have a yard or you don't have a very big yard, or maybe you just want to have more possibilities for how you can grow more food because you have a short growing season where you live. I have a short growing season too where I live. Um, And you want to add the possibilities of growing some food indoors as well as growing food outdoors. So I have four major ways that people do that uh, from easiest to the hardest and most involved and most expensive too. Um, I have not tried all of these methods necessarily, but I did do some research and am bringing you some good tips that you can follow up on on the show notes where there is more information about some of these great ways to grow food indoors. So the first thing is you can grow herbs indoors. Now that may not sound like all that exciting, like that is that really growing vegetables and food for my family, but think about how much growing herbs, fresh herbs in your kitchen really helps to make your food taste better and add extra nutrients and spice things up. And you can dry those vegetables, uh, those uh, herbs, excuse me, uh, and then you have them available all year round to you. Not to mention the fact that you don't have to just grow culinary herbs. You can also grow herbs for medicinal use as well. And the best herbs to grow indoors would be cilantro, mint, oregano, parsley, thyme, and chives. Some other popular ones are sometimes rosemary and basil, but I have grown those before and they can get quite large. Rosemary and basil can get to bush size if you let them. So I don't know if those really work so well indoors unless you keep trimming them back or you have them in a large pot. So I like to grow those outside, but those other ones are easily kept small yeah, if you just keep trimming off little bits to use in your meals, that keeps them small, and then you can use them regularly and uh, and keep them inside. 
The second way to grow food indoors is to grow sprouts and or microgreens. And they're very similar. Their difference is really just in how big the sprouted part is, to be honest. Um, Microgreens or sprouts are the young plants of wheat, barley, broccoli, radish, watercress, beans, like, you know, navy bean sprouts or something like that, and a few others. Uh, You often see wheatgrass or barley grass. Sometimes you see broccoli or radish sprouts uh, for sale at the grocery store. And those are microgreens. So um, the... These plants are usually less than three inches tall, so they're very small, and the sprouts are even less than that. They are just barely sprouted, and that's why they're called micro, of course. So um, the sprouts, it usually only takes two to seven days to get some sprouts, and microgreens, it takes about 7 to 21 days. So it's a little bit longer, but they're generally young plants. And why is it worth growing these young plants and cutting the tops and harvesting them and things like that? Is that these young plants have nutrition that is nine times or even up to as much as 40 times more than the mature plant. They've done research on this and found that uh, a lot of these young greens are just far more nutritious than their older, more mature counterparts. And I don't know, maybe it's because it's concentrated in a smaller plant. Uh, (laughs) Maybe it's just because the plant is so new and it needs all of those nutrients to grow big. I don't know, but they are far more nutritious than their larger counterparts. And because they come up so quickly, you can grow them pretty easily and quickly, and you don't need a lot of special equipment. I mean, you can get some of those special grow trays for the microgreens, but for sprouting, all you really need is a jar that has sort of a screen lid uh, because you do need to be able to get air in there. And um, you just put the, uh, the bean sprouts, usually the beans, the bean uh, seeds in the water and tilt it on the side and, uh, and you change the water frequently. And we have done that. And in fact, all seeds uh, that we normally eat, and these are uh, wheat, barley, Uh, all of the dried beans, all of them technically should be sprouted before they are processed into bread or into soups or dips uh, because seeds naturally produce chemicals that help protect them from being digested. I mean, the plant's whole purpose is to reproduce, right? So um, the plant uh, does produce chemicals to protect the seeds until they sprout. So, uh, and those chemicals can be irritating to a human digestive tract. And that is part of the reason why some people have food allergies. So we won't get into that uh, anymore. But 
um, these greens can be added to salads, sandwiches, stir fries, soups, smoothies, and even juiced. So they have lots of uses. So having these around can help bridge the gap between uh, the heavy vegetables that you had in the winter uh, and the time when most spring plants are available to eat. Uh, usually in the very early spring, there really isn't much in the way of uh, vegetable growth and foods to eat. Uh, so the microgreens can help bridge that for you. The next way to grow food indoors is a little bit more involved, and that would be hydroponics. Um, that is hydroponics, as it sounds, hydroponics, Hydro, meaning that it uses a special water solution that contains a, a mixture of minerals, and it does not use soil. Um, usually, the, this is used in some kind of a greenhouse type environment. Not always, but usually so that the water doesn't evaporate and it's sort of recycled in the uh, hydroponic uh, container. It's usually also best used for smaller garden plants like lettuces and greens again. Uh, those tend to be the best plants to grow indoors. Uh, and the hydroponics, it, require, it does require some special equipment. We tried this once. Uh, we bought a small hydroponics kit from one of the homeschool science catalogs just so we could try it out for learning about plants and stuff and it uh it, it didn't work out so well because the daughter that I was doing this with I have two daughters so um the one that we were doing this with she um she took out all of the parts and promptly lost some of them and uh, didn't put it together correctly. It was it was it was not a good experience. So I would just say that as a warning. If you're going to try that, um, you you do it, <laughs> or um, or make sure that you have all of the pieces there, and uh, to be able to do it correctly, and also. Make sure that you have contact with the company or the, the catalog that you purchased it from so that if there are any troubleshooting problems, you can contact them and find out how to make it work. Because there, there is a little bit of a learning curve using some hydroponic methods. But it can be very rewarding because you avoid pests, you avoid pesticides, the plants grow a lot faster, and... Um, you can you can grow a good amount of food depending on how much space you're willing to devote to it. So it can be very rewarding. And the last way that you can grow food indoors is through what is called a vertical garden. Now, a vertical garden can use some hydroponics technology and some composting technology. And I've seen these made of terracotta clay and they're, they're kind of store-bought 
I've seen homemade ones from PVC pipe or old gutters or a series of small plastic pots that are connected. And I've seen um, industrial uh, scale vertical farms that look like stacked crates. But um, basically, instead of having the growing medium flat, the growing medium is vertical. And it takes advantage of vertical space because there isn't enough horizontal space to grow the food. Uh, I did include in the show notes a step-by-step way to build your own vertical uh, garden. And that is available through um, another website, but that is on the show notes and you can find it there. This can be a very involved and somewhat expensive way, but once it's built, it can provide quite a lot of food for your family all year round. Uh, And you can grow a lot of food because the food grows faster. And because it's vertical, you can grow a lot more of it at a time. So it it can be a good way to uh, to supplement your outdoor garden if you have one of those or to be able to grow food in a small space such as an apartment or out on your balcony. You can build one of these and put it out on your balcony. And I know that there are many cities all over the world that are doing this as a way to really capitalize on empty warehouses, uh, rooftops, Um, Some of the airports have some of these vertical gardens. They're quite beautiful with all the different colored lettuces coming out of them. And some of them have strawberries coming out. It's quite beautiful. And um, and it helps to supplement the food supply that has more and more demands placed on it every year with the growing population. Um, So I encourage you to... Think about those if that suits your situation and um, maybe just give the herb gardening a try or try growing some microgreens to supplement the outdoors or just to dip your hand in the gardening sphere and just give it a try and see see how you like it and do it with your kids as a way to learn about plants and, and uh, add, to your, add to your diet and make your cooking a, you know, a little different, add some different things, your sandwiches and your soups to spice it up a little bit. And uh, that's all I have for today. So don't forget to get your healthy habits tracker at julienaturally.com. And you can also connect with me on Facebook at Julie Naturally. Bye for now. We will see you next week when we start talking about seasonal allergies. See you then. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Show notes for today's broadcast can be found at crunchychristianpodcast.com. Hit the subscribe button now so you can join me next week. Until then, remember all you need is God, people, and growing things. God bless.